0: Welcome to The Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. I'm your host, Marcus Ionescu, and today I am rejoined by a very special guest. Uh, we just had him here talking about his testimony, and today we will dive into the mission field. I'm um, joined here by Mark Moldovan. Mark, how's it going, man? How's it going, Marcus? I'm
1: doing good. It's uh, good to be back in the studio recording and talking about uh, certain subjects that I believe the listeners will be encouraged, so and today mission something that God has called me in uh for the last four years, so it's exciting. I'm excited,
0: perfect, yeah, thank you so much. uh, I know you know I try to take advantage of the time that you're here, and we recorded a few days ago, but um you know, your testimony was powerful. I think that's something that people really need to hear, uh, but at the same time, I think, especially for those who are considering going into the mission field, this would be very um just applicable very good for them to hear and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna go right in so for those of you who haven't listened to the previous episode we just had mark on uh listen uh saying his testimony and how god worked in his life and we basically left off uh where he started to serve the lord with all of his heart and that's where we're gonna pick things up back this week and uh we're gonna get started on the mission field so mark today uh, just go ahead and get started. Um, go ahead and talk about the different areas you serve, the different parts of the world, uh, what you did there, how God has worked not only in you, but in the people that you've touched and the people um, all around you. So I'm, I'm going to give you the floor and yeah, we'll go from there. So yeah, praise God. So I remember going on my first
1: mission trip and I was really struggling in my walk with God then. Uh, but uh, the people that knew me said hey Mark this would be a good opportunity for you to come out with us and I was actually 18 years old when I went on my first mission trip and it was out into uh, Indonesia and it was in Indonesia that I really got to taste the mission field you know I really got to see life different to what I've always known it as to be back in Australia and besides that I, I always knew growing up as a little child even before I walked away from God like God used to, I used to receive prophecies and God used to even speak to me. And I knew God had a special calling in my life. And I knew that God would call me into the mission field. I remember always used to, I used to play a church and be the pastor and praying for people and preaching as an evangelist, you know, in my bedroom. Uh, And we used to have a family friend that would come over and she'd encourage us and she'd be like, okay, let's play some church, you know. So I was always doing that. So for me to actually go on this field and I went out in Indonesia and it, it really, spoke to me, it really changed my perspective on things because I realized that I have everything that I want as a person, yet I'm still unsatisfied and I still feel like I'm missing out on a lot of things. I still feel like I don't have a lot of things. And then when I went out in to Indonesia, I remember we were giving out to uh the we were visiting churches and schools and playing with kids and speaking and sharing. And I remember at one school we had to climb up into the mountain and it was quite high. And we went over there to give toothbrushes and toothpaste to to little children, um, with candy, you know. Um, and but the joy on these children' faces when they received a toothbrush, man, I. I- cannot I, it's as if I can see and it's been many years since then but it's as if I can see their faces, their joy. And they would the way they worship God, which that's what that's what rocked me and I was like, dude, I'm so I, I'm walking a lukewarm life. I'm not even walking seeking the face of God. I'm struggling my walk with God and even if I feel like lifting up my hands in, in the church, I won't do it because I'm embarrassed what is a person to the left and the person to my right gonna say about that. And then there's these little children, six, seven years old, five years old, crying with tears in their eyes while they're worshiping this God. While they're coming and thanking God for a toothbrush, while they're coming and they're thanking God for for that candy that we gave him. So it really rocked my world. And then I kept I went back home and I you know I just kept living my life and whatever. And but when I repented, I was like, God, okay, Father, God, I know like if I'm going to give you my heart, I want to serve you and I want if your word says that you are the same yesterday, today and forever, I want that to be present and very real in my life. You know, I don't want to just uh just go to church and and live from your past experience, the church's past experience, my parents' past experience, my grandparents' past experience, the pastor's past experience. I want to to uh I want to experience the the all-powerful, almighty God and see his hand at work. And it was a matter of two years before God that God really had to, from 19 to to 20, and it was towards the the end of my my 20s that God called me into missions, and He said uh, He called me, and it, but it was two years of preparation. God had to prepare me. There was a lot of things in my life. I was like God, when are you gonna send me? God send me right now. And it was two years of preparation that God had to prepare me, and I remember at 20 years old I was uh, I, I was just randomly called. I was a carpenter working for myself. I was working with a a good friend of mine on a project on an island, actually, when I received a phone call from a brother from the church. And he said, hey, Mark, I got seven missionaries or six missionaries, however, how many there were Uh, in Australia. uh, One is arriving at the airport. I picked up the rest tonight. Could you pick her up, bring her to my house? And Are you free by any chance to hang out with them? So I was like, "Uh, you know what? Sure, let's do it. I said I don't have to work. I don't didn't pre book any jobs. I didn't take any more, and I, I allowed my schedule to be empty. I went and picked up this girl and took her to the house where I met the other missionaries, and I decided to spend the week with them just to show them around. They didn't know anyone, and just to hang out with them. God blessed me with finances, then, and I had on my heart to bless them and just to take them out, pay for their food. I was like, these guys are missionaries. You know, I wanna be where they are, but I'm not, you know, and I'm focusing business now. Like I was even though I had the desire deep inside my heart, I was now focused. I, I wanted to be wealthy, I wanted to have money, I wanted to be able to provide for my family one day, and I was really going down this track of being a businessman and making money and running a business and, and having what I want and being able to do what I want, you know. And I remember even being on a boat with them and I was like guys, I just bought my first property, you know, um, I'm going into business with my cousin, we we, we got the plans, I got this, I'm, you know, I'm 20 years old, I'm going to have my first house at 20 years old and investment property and I was selling this on a boat and a few days later, and just talking to them, actually, that desire once again started to grow on me. I'm talking about all this business, and then they're talking to me about all this mission work that God is calling them and the way God is moving. And it I, it, it it started to come out out of me again, like that desire to serve God. And I remember it, it, it was only a few days later that the, um, the leader of the group actually asked me, he's like, Mark, would you come out with me? you know, I had signs, I put signs, I was already praying before he asked me because I was like, dude, I want to go out with them, I want to go out on the mission field again, like, this is what God is calling me, I know it, and I'm hungry for it, and I really want to do it, and I, I, they invited me, and it was Sunday night, so I said, I said, yes, man, let's go, I'm coming, Monday, we woke up, and and um, it was about eleven o'clock that we sat down, and I was like, "I'm definitely coming to Vanuatu. they will go on to Vanuatu." I was like, "I'm coming with you guys. It doesn't matter how much a ticket costs. It doesn't matter. I'm coming with you guys. I know that this is God's plan for my life right now." And uh, we started looking for tickets. The only the last ticket that was available was a business class ticket. It wasn't. It was super crazy for a three hour flight. I paid. Uh, I think it was like 1500 $1, dollars for a three-hour flight. It was literally an island close to Australia, you know. And I flew business class, and they were like, "Oh, well, let's go on a few more days. They're cheaper. You can get them for under a thousand dollars." I said, "If God has called me to go, I believe." Like I don't know. All of a sudden, I'm telling you, this faith started to grow in me like crazy, you know. And I was like, "If God wants me to go, He'll provide the finances." I'm without a doubt. I said. I'm buying the ticket. I don't care about money. God. I have money. God has blessed me. And I bought the ticket, uh, $1,500 or whatever it was. I bought that ticket. And that was Monday afternoon. And Tuesday, we flew out to Vanuatu. But I remember Monday night, already driving home to my mother's house. I remember God speaking to two people that just found out that I was going to Vanuatu and spoke to them to pay half-half for my ticket. So it was crazy for me because... God was already providing my needs. And I was just starting it. And and that's that's that plays a major part in my testament because I went into Vanuatu and over there God started to speak to me through a song. We started to like we started like God gave me such a power and strength, man. I repented before I went out. Like I was filled like with the Holy Spirit once again. God was really like I was really on fire for God and I went out there and I just seen how God would heal I seen how God was what's touching lives I seen people being transformed I seen what the scripture said you know uh, uh baptize them in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit teach and make disciples do all these things how the scripture says I was seeing that relevant in my life I've seen how, how God was healing uh the lame even, you know, we had a guy that we prayed for with a sore knee, couldn't climb trees anymore to get fruit and stuff. He left us after we prayed for him for three hours. I asked him, how's your knee doing? He's like, I can only tell you if I test it. Three hours he was gone. He ended up climbing. He came with a bag full of fruits. And I said, did Jesus heal you? He's like, God healed me, man. And that was his, he said, I, I came with a testimony with a bag full of fruit to show you that God has healed me. We prayed for other people with ear, with their, 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 their ear was hurting. And they were crying and they were saying that Jesus touched him. So I seen God as scripture talks about it, I seen it happen. And God started to speak through me through a song. And it said, it's in Romanian. And it says, For whether I live or whether I die, basically, it says in English, I will live for Jesus. And I was, and it just kept repeating. It was a song I've, I've learned as a little child. It kept repeating. It kept repeating in my head. And I was just... I knew God was speaking to me and, I, and and God was asking me, are you ready to live for me? And are you ready to die for me? Are you ready to live completely for me? That whether you live, whether you die, you are mine. And I started to, to, to talk to one of the brothers yeah, and I was like, dude, this is what God is speaking to me. And I was like, I'm ready to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm ready. I, I want to serve God on the mission field. I'm going to do it. And there was two words that he said that I have never forgotten. And he said, prove it. And I started to think about, I said, it's easier to speak these things, yet harder to put in. But I remember leaving Vanuatu and I went, as soon as I got home, I went straight to my pastor and I said, you know what, Fratele Nelo I said, God is calling me to be a missionary. And I want you to know that God spoke to me in Vanuatu and I'm selling everything I have. And it was straight. So imagine this before I go out to Vanuatu, I'm on a boat, I used to have a boat, I wasn't on my boat, I was on my friend's boat, had two cars, and a motorbike, I had, I had everything I wanted, kind of, you know, as a young man, enjoying life, I had investment, that I was getting ready to invest with my cousin, we bought a land, and we're getting ready, I had plans, lawyers, everything, everything was sorted out, and I'm telling them about business, and then two weeks later, three weeks later, I'm selling everything I have, And I'm like, I am serving God. I am done with this world. I'm done seeking my own desires and I'm serving God. And I remember even telling my pastor, I was like, I don't want the church's finances, not now, not in the future, because I want, first of all, to prove myself. If God is calling me as a missionary, he will provide. And I'm without a doubt that if God is calling me, he will provide. I remember just being back in Australia a week later, I got a phone call saying, hey, Mark, would you like to go to Uganda? We need somebody to go to Uganda. I just came back from Vanuatu and I said, you know what? I said to the brother, I said, honestly, I'm not doing too great financially. And I just announced that I'm becoming a missionary. Everyone started to find out that I'm leaving. I'm going to serve God and I'm selling everything because I'm, 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 I'm going to serve God. And I said, you know the position I am in and I want to be wise and I will pray about it. And I'll give you a response tomorrow. He said, okay, Mark, pray about it and, and we'll talk tomorrow. I didn't even hang up the phone. I, I already uh, started talking to a friend of mine. And she was, I was told, her, man, my dream has always been to go to to go to Uganda, to go to Africa, I mean. And my church was involved in Uganda for quite a few years. And I've always wanted to go as a little child. And I believe every Christian almost, you know, uh, when we think about missions, everyone wants to go to Africa as if it's the only country, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's a country for people to go. Um, and, and she said, oh, make a GoFundMe account. And I was like, what is that? She's like, oh, it's where people donate money or whatever. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I said, if God wants me to go to Uganda, he will come with the finances and I won't need to to ask for money. I won't need to do this. And if God doesn't want me to go, it doesn't matter. Like I'm going to go to Europe because I was going to start with the missionaries that I was with. They came from Austria. And I was like, I'll go out there. I'll serve for three months and then I'll go to Africa. That was in my thoughts. So I was like, if God doesn't want me to go to Africa right now, that's fine. That night, I got a message from the brother that invited me and said, Mark, I don't know how, but God has provided the finances for you to go to Africa. And man, I started to cry. I was like, God, you are so good. First, you provided the finances uh, a few weeks before that to go to Vanuatu. I seen you move, and I, and that's where you spoke to me to serve you with everything. And now you, you provided the finance for Africa. And even when I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I want to go to Africa. And I'm praying that if God provides the finance, she's like, Mark, you need to work. You're going to go to Europe. Like this was in already in like November, December. You're going to go to to um to um to Austria in January you need to work you need to make some money right now before Christmas and or you're not going to be able to work if you go you're going to come back just before Christmas and how are you going to have money and I told my, my mom if God is going to call me and if God is calling me he will provide that night I even told my mom and she was like she was shocked you know, and I seen God and, and we bought my ticket. I think it was two weeks after Vanuatu. It was one week I got the invitation. One week later, I flew out to, 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 uh, to Uganda, Africa. And once again, man, I just seen God come through. In, in incredible ways not only financially you know the church did a did a collector because they were very involved like they did an offering uh for there and I went out there and I was able to we we, we fed all the kids I was like two three hundred orphans we fed them we clothed them we played with them God put on my heart to build them a playground we built them the very first playground the only playground in that village you were seeing kids come from other villages the neighboring places coming to play on that like I was i tell you like I wasn't even done Building that playground and the kids were already fighting over the swings. I was only going to build three, and I was like, "Okay, that's it. I need to build three for the girls and three for the boys." I built some monkey bars. They had an old helicopter out of metal. We painted that. We painted some. We made some sand pits, and I was seeing God already work in my life. Now going back, I, I went back home to Australia once again. Unbelievable ways, you know. And the thing is that I want to mention to the listeners is that. When I knew that God was calling me to mission field and when people found out that I was going to Africa, when people found out that I was going to Vanuatu, they never said too much about Vanuatu because I bought my ticket Monday, Tuesday, I flew. I remember even walking in the church and sitting down in one of the rows in church and two rows behind me, there was a Romanian brother in the church. And he said, Mark, yes, you should not cheat. How are you going to go in like I'm basically a failure. I'm basically messed up. You know, he's like, how are you supposed to go out and preach the word of God to other people when you were a drug addict? How are you supposed to do that when your when your own father is an alcoholic, when your own father isn't a Christian? How are you going to do that when your family isn't saved? How are you going to these, these? And uh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it as he told me. He's like these black people are just going to eat you out there they in in africa they're gonna eat you in the philippines these asian people are just gonna eat you and 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 the 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 people and it, that was just the the language he had wanting to put fear into me and he's like you can't go sort out your own family's life before you go and just started mocking me in front of church like before church started not one person stood up to stop him and this went on for a few minutes in church and I was just like, you know what, brother? God bless you, you know? God was really working in my heart, man. Like, God was really changing me. From the moment that I knew he was calling me to Vanuatu to that moment, that was within a month. You know, like, God really changed me a lot. And, I, and a lot of people, like, that, and the thing I want to tell you, because there might be listeners that, that, that feel the calling to go into the mission field and feel that God is calling them to be a missionary, the people you expect to encourage you would discourage you and the people you don't even expect to encourage you will encourage you and that's what i felt and seen in my life you know i had my closest friends i had so many people tell me mark you're made for business you're not made to be a missionary you got this business mentality you're good with your hand you're not made to go i had business opportunities work opportunities incredible opportunities coming up my way, when I wanted, when I made that decision, and I was like, you know what, God spoke to me, it doesn't matter what the left says, it doesn't matter what the right says, I know that Jesus is calling me, and I'm selling everything, and I remember just being so radical, I just, man, and and the enemy was after me when I, when I made that, because my, my, I ended up blowing the the engine to my car before wanting to sell it, I bought my car, I think it was, I paid $1,500 for it, which was a steal, like, those cars are worth three thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and I sold it with the blown engine for like fourteen hundred bucks, like unbelievable. Or it was either the other way. I, I can't remember. How, it was either I paid fourteen hundred bucks and I sold it for fifteen hundred bucks. But it's irrelevant that information. But it's unbelievable that I, I barely lost any money in a car that I bought working perfectly fine. My motorbike that I had, I had an accident. Uh, a few months before that, and I was able to sell it for, I think it was $3,000, you know, I can't remember how much I paid for that bike, you know, like, it was, I never lost money in it, once again, and I, and I sold that motorbike broken, my boat that I owned, all of a sudden, just wouldn't start, I would start, it. I was starting, it it wouldn't start, I don't know why it wouldn't start, and I remember selling it for more than I bought it, and I sold it like this, straight away. I was able to sell these things. And you know what? I even said to God, I said, God, if you help me to pay off the little bit of debt that I was in, and then I, I'm able to have this amount of money once I leave, I will trust in you. Man, I remember even sitting in the living room with my mom and laying the cash out. I have a photo somewhere on my phone, somewhere saved on iCloud or somewhere. And I remember laying it all down. And I had a, I had a, a sum before God. And I had almost three times that amount before I left onto the mission field. Three times, my mom and me, we were counting. I'm like, dude, I don't know where I have all this money from. I honestly don't know where I have all this money from. And I remember even telling the church before they sent me out, this is wisdom that, that God gave me. I never, I, I wouldn't have had this. This was God-given wisdom. And I said, I don't need the church's finances and I don't need anyone's finances. All I need is prayer because I know that what is out there. Is crazy. I know that it. This the the spiritual world is real. I know it's gonna be hard. I, I I know that there are things that I'm that I've probably never faced in my life that I'm gonna face. I need wisdom. I need power, and I need authority from Jesus. And what I need is for the church to be praying for me. I want to know that my church back at home is praying for me. So it was. I wanted to share and really focus on the beginning because it was hard. I had a lot of things, but i seen God providing. i seen a lot of people rise up against me, you know, And but i seen when when God speaks to you, you know it. We're children of God. We know the voice of God. We know when Jesus is speaking. We know the, when God is speaking to us and when God is calling us. And that's why I wanted to really talk about that because if you are thinking about missions and people are discouraging you and you know God is speaking to you, like I say many times when, when things are rising up against you, it's a good thing. You know, not always, but a lot of times it can be a good thing. If everything just works out smoothly, I question that a lot of times. But when, when I see that there is so much in Potriere, so many people against me from doing this, you know, because that's what the enemy, the enemy is going to try stop me from fulfilling God's purpose and God's will for my life. And I remember just going, I went to Europe, I served out in Europe for, for about a year, in Austria, Romania, I served out there at different churches. And I don't want to go too much into so many details, but I remember then God calling me into the Philippines. It was unbelievable how God called me out there. I went out there with uh, some of my cousins, we were building houses for the poor people in the Philippines. And then even when I was there in the Philippines, so I was I went home from uh, Romania from Europe uh, to Australia for because I needed to get some paperwork or something because I was filing for my citizenship in Romania, and I went home and. While I was there, my cousin said, hey, Mark, come. We want to build some houses in the Philippines. I was like, man, I don't know. I'll pray about it if God if God comes through with the finances, you know, and stuff. I want to save up. I want to be wise. I'm going back to Romania where I serve as a missionary. And I don't want to just jump on another mission trip, pat myself on the shoulder and have another thing. I can say, oh, look, I went to Philippines as well, you know. And I really started to pray, pray about it. And I remember, like... God coming through with the finances once again and providing the finances to be able to go. And I went on this mission trip, you know, and, and we were able to build these these houses um, for, for the families over there. And it was at that, like, it wasn't a lot of spiritual work to it while I was there. It was mainly physical side. We served at churches and whatever. But the main point of the visit was to build houses for the poor, to help the poor. And I remember towards the end of the trip, one of the missionaries out there said, Mark, we got some brothers coming from America that we're going to do evangelism every single day. It's going to be incredible. Like we got a crusade organized different villages and you should stay. I remember not telling anyone because I knew that maybe my team would get upset because they'd say we came together, we leave together. But I remember going into my room, closing my door and I sat on my chair. And I started to pray to God. I said, God, I want to be wise. God, I don't want to make a decision right now just to have another thing to boast about in you, of course, but to say that I was in the Philippines and I did this and I stayed an extra week and we did this. I said, God, if this is your will, you need to speak to me and you need to speak to me right now. And I remember saying, God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would speak to me through your word. And I remember sitting on that on that bed um, on that bed, like praying this thing. And I open up the word of God and I'm opening up my Bible right now, but I, I opened up to, to Luke. And I, and in my head, I said, God, would you speak to me through verse 17? These are my words. I opened up and my Bible opens up exactly to Luke 12. And I look at verse 17. That's the only verse The only 17, there wasn't another 17 on the left or right. It was just on the left. And it said, it it talks about the parable of the rich fool to start with over there in in those verses. But verse 17 says, and he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? And it says, since I have no room to store my crops, but what spoke to me and it's I've unlined it in my Bible is because the very words that I was praying in in my prayer before I opened up to the Bible, I said, God, what should I do? Because I want to be wise. And it said here, and he thought within himself saying, what should I do? Man, I was just like, dude, God is trying to speak to me right now. And then it goes into verse 22 up to verse 34, where it talks about, do not worry, that if God takes care of the lilies, if God, this, and it talks about those things. And and it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Because I said, God, I know I need money and I know I need to provide and I know I'm going to need finances on this trip, you know? And then it said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And I was done. I was like, dude, that is it. I, 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 I called up my cousin, which was my flight agent. And I told her, uh, Denisa, I need to accept my ticket. God spoke to me and I need to stay here. I told her husband, which was the leader of the team, George, my cousin. I said, George, God really spoke to me. I told him what God spoke to me. I told the leader that was the missionary that was here. I said, this is what God spoke to me. I'm staying. I I, I told Denisa, tell me, message me. I'm going to pay whatever the price is. I'm paying. I'm staying back. She ends up sending me a message. and said, Mark, God spoke to me to pay for your ticket extension I was like that is crazy God literally just spoke to me and now God put on her heart which is just my flight agent she's my cousin but she works this is her job now she instead of charging me and uh, uh, for the ticket extension she's like God spoke to me so I was already seeing how God was providing the finances and I remember staying back that, that that week and a half or whatever it was And I was like, God, if you call me, I'm staying. It doesn't matter how it's going to look. It doesn't matter how it's going to look when I go home. When I go home, I have like a week and a half before I go back to Europe. But that's totally fine. And I remember just once again, God working, powerful. I shared my testimony. God really was doing some incredible things. People repenting, crying. Uh, It was just unbelievable, man. Unbelievable, speechless. You know, just it was brought me so much joy seeing once again the scriptures being fulfilled and seeing people healed, seeing people set free, people crying, people repenting, like unbelievable man. I went home and this is where my testimony continues because I went home and as soon as I get home, one of my friends calls me and says, "Mark, I have six apartments that need uh, fix outs to be done." We call that's uh, to do the the molding, the trim work in the house, mm-hmm. install the doors, the around the you know trim work. Yeah, you know? yeah and um and i was like that's awesome i was like but i can't do this on my own and i want all three so i called one of my friends that had recently just had like an accident a few months before that and hadn't worked for a little bit and i knew that he needed finance so i said come on man god is blessing me with these jobs this is how much it's costing they're gonna pay us my friend is a builder like he's gonna give us the same amount he doesn't want a cheaper offer he's gonna give us the same amount because he wants to help us and i said let's do half half He come with within five and a half days. We finished six apartments. That was the most money I've made in one week in my life where I've made $4,900 cash, $4,900 that if I wouldn't have obeyed God and I truly believe this and stayed back in the Philippines, I would have not made that money. I definitely do not believe that. And God's word once again was being fulfilled where he said, seek first, kingdom of heaven, and everything will be added to you because he knows that I need finances. He knows that I need this. He knows that I need that. He knows that, all. if I seek God and I obey him and I, and I accept his will for my life, he has everything else in control. So it was just down this road where I'm a missionary and because I seen from the beginning God providing in miraculous ways and God putting that in my heart, Coming up to four years in November, I said I will never ask for finances. I never will ask for finances. If God wants me to do a project, he'll provide the finances. If God doesn't want me to do a project, he will provide the finances. And I I can honestly say, I I don't want to stretch out this. I don't know how long we've been talking already for, and we want to go into a few questions. But I can share for hours and hours how God has provided finances at the exact moment without anyone knowing and I do want to share one testimony if you may if we have time and and but I do want to mention that I served in I then ended up going back to Europe then God called me I wasn't there for very long at all and I moved back I served God in incredible ways in the poorest areas Oltenia um, in in Romania Um, and and God called me back to the Philippines and I was involved there for approximately a year a year and a half you know uh, where I was there for that amount, but I would go sometimes to Australia to do a fundraiser, cause that's the youth would do a fundraiser, so they'd invite me to come uh, to 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 be a, involved with that, you know, uh, while I was at home. But I was, and so I, I got to visit all different types. I just came back from Africa now. So I visited quite a a few countries and I've got to serve God in many different places, starting projects, helping projects, encouraging projects. And God has just used me uh, like, because the thing is, I pray Jeremiah 1, where you send me, I will go where you command me to speak. You know, I know that everywhere I go, I'm not going to be there permanently. And I can't wait for the day that I'm going to find that exact place. But I see how God has been using me everywhere I go to use me as an instrument and as a vessel. But I do want to share one testimony that just happened recently in Africa where God spoke to me on a Saturday night and said, Mark, I want you to buy rice for the whole village, over a thousand people. And I told the pastor, I said, how many rice bags do you, do you think we'll need to do like two kilo bags for people? And he said, we'll need at least 30 bags of rice. He ends up walking out. One of my guys that I was discipling and working with walks into the, into the kitchen area, the, the missionary area. And he sits down at the table and I, this is Monday night. I pull out my calendar because I use Google's calendar. I like to keep myself accountable and to see what I've done and where I go. And when I go to my church, I can show them or when anyone asks me what I've been doing, I can show them my schedule. And I told him, I'm starting to write in my calendar. I said, Monday, we're going because Monday is the day I go to the city. Monday, we're going to go in the city and we're going to buy dirty bags of rice. But I said, I have one problem. I have no money. I have absolutely no money to buy this rice. I'm writing it in my calendar, Saturday night, mind you, Saturday night and Monday, we're buying rice. While I'm doing that, my phone is vibrating. I open it up, I I, I see the message, I put it down, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll deal with it later. It's one of my friends from America. And something in my heart was saying, call this guy right now, because he said to call me. And I was like, wait a second. This was in a matter of five minutes. I said, you wait one second to, my, to the guy that was with me. I went into a corner of the room where I had internet where I could uh, receive because it's very hard to get. I called this brother up. I said, uh, hey man, uh, you told me to call you. And he started to say, he's like, Mark, for the last couple of weeks, God spoke to me to save up money and put money aside. And I've been praying, God, where do you want me to send this money? And God spoke to me today and God said, Mark, uh, uh, he said he said to the brother, he said, send the money to Mark. So I messaged you as soon as I God spoke to me and I called you. I said, whoa. I said, I said, brother, tell me, man. Like I said, you know, I never ask for fine. I never ask anyone how much they send me. I just wait for it to come and I glorify God in that. But I said, you know, I work in faith, man. And I started to tell him, I have my calendar open, man. And God just spoke to me to buy rice for this village. I have absolutely no money. And now you call me and I want to know how much did God speak to you to send me? He said, 700 bucks. I said, whoa. I said, wait one second, bro. I pull out my phone, I start calculating, I'm like, asking that guy, how much is your rights We're trying to find out information. I put it in, I needed $600 by Monday. And this brother called me and said, he's given, God spoke to him to give me $700. It broke me. It broke me because I was able, I needed that money no one knew that I needed that money. I had trusted in God. I knew God spoke to me. And it wasn't in some miraculous way. God just spoke to me in my heart and said, Mark, buy this. It wasn't with a riding on the wall. It wasn't with some massive. He just spoke to me because we know the voice of God. And now he's providing. It. And I broke down in tears, man. I'm telling you, it just broke me, man. It broke me. And I got to share that I don't know where the rest of the money came from. But Monday, when I went into the city, we bought 60 bags of rice. I proposed for 30 bags of rice and God doubled that and gave us sixty bags of rice. Unbelievable, man. Praise God. But it's wow. crazy that in five minutes I've seen God provide in many ways. But in five minutes, I've seen the money come through. And that's that's how I work, man. I don't believe in going to churches. And going to other people It works for other people My faith I want to believe That God will provide If God wants me to do a project He'll come with the finance If it's not his will He won't do it You know Other people say Oh Mark But you have a mouth Talk these things No I bring my needs To the secret place I trust in God And not in man And I've seen God's money Is is more useful Than man's money I can go A uh, hundred dollars From God Feels like a thousand dollars And I'm not even exaggerating $100 from men goes so easy. And I tell people all the time when they want to give, I say, go home. If God spoke to you, praise God, ask him a second time because I don't want you through your emotions to give me money now. And I've told people even recently and they never came back to give me money. And I said, go home. And if God speaks to you a second time, because I want God's money, not man's money. And if God tells you to give me 20 bucks, give me 20 bucks. Don't give me $25 and don't give me 15 bucks. Give me $20 because that's where I see the blessing of God, when God provides the finances, and that's where you're going to see the blessings of God, so it's, uh, it's been incredible man, it's been incredible, I've been traveling, God cares for my personal needs, I have so many testimonies, I have an iPad, I have a computer, I have a phone, I have these things, everything I have is a testimony from God, and, and I'll tell you one thing, God blessed me with a car in Australia, God blessed me with a car in Europe, God blessed me with the car in the Philippines where it is now being used for the mission out there. And God spoke to me recently. And, you know, after God blessing me with all these things, I'm like, God, you're blessing me with these things. God spoke to me to sell them again. And I'm telling you, God, God blessed me with the car in Australia. I sold it for $3,000, it was donated to me. I bought a, tr- a pickup truck for $1,500. I sold it two years later because God spoke to me. I sold it for $3,000. Because God said, sell it and give it back into my my work. Then God spoke to me with the the car in Romania. I bought that car for a thousand euros, a $4,000 car. I used it when I was serving God in in Romania. And then God said, it's time to sell it. And now I'm selling it for 4,000 euros. And we're able to continue the work of God because God blessed me. And now he's multiplied that money. You know, I was able to use it when I needed it. And now he's now we're able to sell it and it's a blessing for the mission field once again. You know, so God God is good, man. God gives and he takes away. And I've seen that many times in my life, like even personal things, God has blessed me with and then he's called back, give it back to me, Mark, and brought me back to the beginning where he said, Mark, you wanna live for me? Give it all up for me. Sell it all and serve me with everything. So I could talk for ages, Marcus, like honestly. Uh, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. When I start, like, I just keep going, like, just testimony after testimony. And that's what I wanted when I repented. And when I started serving God, I said, I want to have my own testimonies in my life. So, yeah, praise God.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I love the way that you go about things when, you know, you you, provi- you put your faith in God entirely. And I just think the monumental effect that, you know, God has in the projects that you're working on is greatly based on the faith that you have in Him, you know, instead of taking matters into your own hands and, you know, asking for, you know, specific amounts, which I mean, I, I'm not saying, I wouldn't say it's wrong to do, yeah. but I think it's just all the more powerful that your faith is 100% in God. You're yeah, basically God. taking the next step without seeing it, and I think that's motivating for a lot of Christians, and I think that's what we should strive to be, to have that full 100% faith in god yeah um and i mean just just listening to your uh, to your missions testimony um it's crazy to see how god can either expedite a process or he can kind of slow you down because you know we become eager we see god work in certain different ways and we try to get ahead of ourselves and i think a lot of people um you know in in doing that they take matters into their own hands but then god says hey, hold up wait a second my will still presides over all so yeah. you know, and then it ba- is basically a reminder of you know praying, asking God for wisdom, asking God for advice, asking God to lay the path before us. Because you know there are times where um, even if we look in the Old Testament, and especially in the first five books, or or later, um, you know the Israelites, every time they would gain a victory over a, a you know a neighboring nation. They would start feeling proud and you know excited, and they get a little ahead of themselves, and then God would have to you know bring them back, slow them down. Like, wait a second, my my plan is still here. I still have a plan for for my yeah. people, you know. And I see that God working that in your life, and then hopefully in the in the rest of ours. And I and I really I really enjoyed this in this testimony. But um, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you yeah, for well, sharing that. Praise um, God. Praise yeah, God. absolutely. And as we wrap things up, I have a couple of questions. Uh, I try to pick questions that probably, you probably wouldn't answer in your testimony, so um, let's just get right to it. So you actually brought this up when you were talking about selling your possessions. So you sold your motorbike, your car, your boat, your business, everything Everything you had in Australia you sold before you entered the mission yep. field. And um, referencing the story in Matthew 16 when this rich young man approaches Jesus and asks him, you know, what do I need to do to, to obtain eternal life? And then, you know, Jesus eventually tells him, and then he says, you know, I've kept all these commandments since I was young. And then because he said that, Jesus is like, okay, fine, go home, sell everything that you own, and then come follow me. And um, obviously, we know in this passage, this young man did not do so. He actually hung his head sorrowfully and walked away because uh, the Bible says, you know, he had great wealth, and he was not willing to let that go. So my question is here, obviously, your life is in contrast to the story, but do Christians today share these similar symptoms of this rich young man in that it may not be material possessions that they have, it may not be capital, it may not be monetary, but maybe they have a plan for their life. Maybe they want to have a certain achievement or be in a certain place by a certain age. Uh, But all these things are things that we tend not to let go of, and that hinders us from following God's plan. So do you think that a lot of Christians today share these same symptoms as this young man?
1: Well, just to correct you, it's from Matthew 19, 21. Oh, that's right.
0: Matthew 19, 16 to 22. That's yeah. right. Okay.
1: Yeah, 16 to 22. And it's actually in verse 21 that it says, And if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. What I believe is that, um, you know, coming back as well to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven a verse we all know that for I know the thoughts that I have that I think towards you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I believe that God has a future and a hope and, and a plan for each one of our lives. You know, and there's many other verses we can go into. You know, where it says that what I believe that many people aren't willing to 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 really serve God. You know. It will look different for for each and every one of us, you know, the, the calling that God has for us. But a lot of us are not allowing God to use us because we're not willing to let go of certain things in our life. Because whether that's a job that I'm holding, whether that's a financial status that I'm holding, whether that's a position that I'm holding, whether that's a degree that I'm searching for, we're too comfortable in our life, man. We're too comfortable with exactly where we're at that we don't want to feel uncomfortable, that we don't want to go into the unknown, that we don't want to step. We want, we all want God to use us. And you ask any Christian, they'll say the exact same thing. We want God to use us but we're not willing to let go of some certain things in our life, you know? And it might not look the way it looked for me. Where God spoke to me, sell everything you have in search me, seek me, and be used by me. It might not look like we all were a body in Christ. And this is just like my body. I have a finger, I have a leg, I have a toe, I have a head, I have an ear. It all plays different parts, but it makes the body. The same thing is us as a church. We're a body in Christ, you know. Other people are sold to, to be more radical and to to go out and sell everything into other people are called back in their churches and in their houses and and in their community and, and in that country that they're called. But what I believe is that it's comfort, man. It's comfort. We're we're too comfortable. Life is so good for us. And for some of us it's better than others. You know, when we 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 have so much everything we need and we're so comfy we rely on ourselves and not on God and we no longer want to and we say, oh well that's for somebody else. You know, that's not for me. So I believe that um we're not willing to to, to we, we struggle because of comfort and I believe that plays a major part in a Christian's life, why they're not moving, why they're not being used and why God isn't called, why they're not fulfilling the calling
0: of God. And to kind of you know build off this this question because we talked about um, you know for Christians whether or not they're gonna you know do this, um, a lot of people who you know become saved, a lot of people who grew up in the church, they see missionaries go out, you know, let go of everything that they have and go serve God in, in some foreign land. Now, they think, some people think, some people ask themselves, you know, is this for me? Is, should I do this? Now, in your opinion, do you think, and I'm not, I'm not talking about like a two-week mission trip in, you know, in your home country. I'm talking about what, what you're doing and planting yourself in a, in a community where you're helping there for, you know, months at a time, even years. Do you think this, the mission field is for all Christians,
1: like I said before, we, we're a body in Christ. Yeah. You know, when it comes now, I want to make notice that these, I love, you hear many opinions. Some people say they hate the two minute, the two weeks mission trips or the one-week mission trip. I'm, I'm different. I like to say this. I like to say I love those trips. Why? Because, first of all, they change your perspective. They remind you of how you're living back in your country. Go to a 3rd country for two weeks. Man, you're going to come change. It's going to change. You're going to see things and be like, dude, like God is going to speak to the circumstances that these people are living. And you're going to realize, like I realized when I went to Indonesia, that man, I'm so blessed. I am so blessed. These guys have nothing. And I'm complaining that I don't have the latest update on uh, the latest phone. Or I don't have the latest this. Or I don't have the nicest car. And these guys barely, they don't even have a bike. Their their shoes have holes in it. So I want to say that I encourage, man, if not once a year, Every Christian, if not once in their lifetime, but at least I would even go to say every few years, should go out in a mission field. I I, I I, couldn't wait. My mom has always had a heart for the mission field. Even before I started being a missionary, my mom was always investing in it. And, and I know she wouldn't be happy with me saying this, but she always invested into the mission field. We never had. We had a hard life. But she said, Mark, I will always give what is God's and I'm doing my part, and I was so happy the day that, that I was able to invite her out to the Philippines, and man, we don't have the biggest house, we are probably like the poor, like one of the poor families in the churches, you know, we have an average house, we, we're just surviving, praise God, God is good, we can't complain, we have a three-bedroom house, you know, it's, it's old, it's from like the 70s, the house, you know, and we've renovated and everything. And my mom was like, and we were like, oh, let's always have a nice house. Let's buy a nice house. You know, we want to have something nicer as well. We've lived there our whole life. She came to the Philippines. She said, Mark, I will never, ever in my life say that I that my house is too small. This is way too big because I'm building houses and we started building, praise God, the, this week, we started building three houses in the Philippines, 10 feet by 14 feet for a family with five kids. That wow. is a house. So, um, I, I, I love these these short-term mission trips. What I do say is that not everyone is called to, like I said once again, to go out onto the field. Many of us, we're called in our churches. You know, what I tell people is find out the calling of God for your life. Find it out before you seek a relationship, before you seek a career, before you seek anything else in this world, find out what God is calling you. Oh, but Mark, God is calling me to be passive pastor. Okay, that might happen in the future presently what is God calling you and when you find out what God is calling you give it 100% whether that's in a third world country whether that's in your church whether that's helping the homeless whether that's whatever it may look like it might be in your workplace God has put you there to be a salt, to be light and to preach the word of God to your workmates Find out your calling to God. It's going to look different for all of us. If we were all to be missionaries in Africa and Asia and all these countries, there would be no one else in America. There'd be no one else in Australia. There'd be no one else in Europe. So find out your calling and, and, and fulfill it and give it 100%. So that's what I'd encourage. I do believe the mission field is for everyone because the mission field is, is our backyard. It's where we are right now. That yep. is our mission field. Whether you're in America, Australia, wherever you are, that is your mission field, and we're all called to be missionaries. And you look at Matthew twenty-eight verses nineteen and twenty, or Mark sixteen fifteen. You know it says, "Go out, tell the, make disciples, preach the gospel, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go out and preach the good news to everyone." That's why it says in Mark sixteen fifteen. You know, God has commanded us to be a light to the Gentiles. It says that in in Acts thirteen forty two to go out to the thirdest quarters of this earth so there's all these verses in the scriptures or acts 1 8 you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses witnesses to, to the people around me to my work colleagues there are all these verses god is calling all of us to be missionaries but it looks different for each one of us
0: absolutely and i'm glad you're pointing that out because sometimes people have this common misconception that the mission field is only you know, going somewhere else, going to a foreign land, but at the same time, the people in our backyards, the our neighbors, our you know, our coworkers, our classmates—they're the ones who who truly need to hear the gospel as well. Uh, especially since they may be less receptive to it. Uh, let's say, like a a poor village in, in in the Philippines, who you know want to seek that help. I think the other people, the people that we're surrounded with. Um, have this have this idea that they're good and they're doing fine and they're living in prosperity just because they live in America or some other you know first world country um but I think they if not more need yeah. to hear the gospel yeah. as well and I'm glad I'm glad a lot of people can serve in that way too and in in this last question as we wrap things up um if there's a young person out there a young Christian and this is in regards to spiritual preparation expectations that they should have What's one piece of advice you'd give to a Christian who is about to join um, the mission field in in going somewhere else and planting themselves there? So I,
1: whenever I have an opportunity to speak about missions, I always tell the young people because I get invited to speak about missions to young people a lot of times, and I tell them that missions isn't like your two-week mission trip. Missions isn't that short-term mission trip that you've been where everything's hype, where everything's awesome and you see all these things and when you leave you don't know what happens after missions isn't now holding an african kid in your hands isn't now holding a remaining kid in your hand isn't now holding a chinese kid in your hand isn't now holding a, 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 a indonesian kid in your hand isn't about holding a kid and posting it on social media we added these pictures like even i post pictures on my instagram of the mission field of children and the work that we're doing and i edit these pictures they look nice i put a nice caption under it but it's more to that man you know, the Bible says that, that we don't fight against flesh and blood by against principalities. Like, it is a real world. And what you realize in these other countries is that the spiritual side of things is so real, where you're just in a church and all of a sudden, these, these uh, people are manifesting and demons are manifesting in these people. So the spiritual world is real out there, man, real and more active, if I can say, than you would see here in America. And what I tell people is that it is a lot of work. It is very hard. You know, you're on the front line missionaries that say it's easy and everything is is a smooth it's smooth sailing i would question that because you're on the front line you're standing against the the powers of the enemy you're standing against what the enemy is trying to do to come steal kill and destroy but god came to give life and we come with the word of god that gives life to the to the broken that comes to to help the 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 one that needs that feels lost without a hope we come to bring the good news so i tell people before you go out on the mission field Pray. Make sure that that you have a dedicated prayer life in you. Don't go to the mission field expecting to pray there because you are so busy out there and you're always being bombarded. People are coming knocking on your door. There's this need, there's this, this, there's this. If you don't have a dedicated prayer life back at home before you go on a mission field, you're not gonna have it there either. You know, when you fight with any with the hour or 30 minutes or every five minutes that you have free men, you're praying on the mission field because you know it's so important for you. So I would say how to prepare yourself. Three points I have is to pray. Make sure you have a dedicated uh, uh, life to pray, and it's in your daily life. Also, the Word of God. When we go out there on a mission field, you need to feed them something. And if your vessel is empty, how are you expecting to feed others with an empty bowl? Make sure that the Word of God, really eat it, really drink out of it, really dig into it, rip the pages out of the Bible in memorizing them, learn them, not physically ripping, but I'm talking like study it until like the pages start starting to break, you know, really study the Word of God. Don't expect to go again on the mission field and then to have a hunger for the Word of God you need to have that in you, you need to know, start memorizing scriptures, you know, I mentioned a few scriptures already that talks about these, these are good scriptures that we need to memorize uh, before we go out there, that when you stand before, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me, man, it doesn't matter what you do, like, it, it, it is not me, but Christ lives in me, and if Christ is in me, I have strength, so it's about memorizing scripture as well, and really, when the enemy came against Jesus, he spoke scripture, you know, we need to do the same thing, we speak scripture. And then another thing you can do to get involved is by getting involved in your church, where God has placed you, whether that is helping out at Sunday school, whether that's being a door handler. Oh, well, how, how is that preparing me? No, it's preparing you to serve because Christ didn't come to be served, but to serve. And when you go out there, don't, accept, don't expect to be served. Man, these people are going to treat you differently because you're, you're coming to their country. You're a foreigner coming to their country. They're going to treat you differently, but you're going out there to serve them. You're going out there to serve their needs. You're going out there to preach the word of God. So start by even being a door handler. Cleaning the church. Man, Go in, if the church has grass and you're a guy, go and cut the grass to the church. If you're a girl or guy, come and help the cleaner. Oh, but we have someone on salary. doesn't matter. Go and serve. That's how you go and you serve. Um, be... You know, get involved in your youth group. Whether you can MC, maybe sometimes at your youth. Whether you can be on the sound desk. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe if you're a guy and you you want to give encouraging works, ask ask the youth leader, or the youth pastor, or the church. Hey, can I give an indemn? Hey, can I give a short message, a two, three, four, five minute word? Can I share what God has been speaking to me? Uh, and and do that. Maybe it's at prayer. Go to go to prayer, man. No one young people don't go to prayer anymore you know, go to pray. You have an opportunity to, to really get into the word of God, to really pray and to really, uh, get involved in those moments. And, and so that's my encouragement, pray, read the word of God and get involved. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would encourage anyone to do. You know, if, if they're thinking about missions or preparing themselves for missions.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and for you guys listening out there, if, if God has put you, put this on your heart, if you're considering going out into the mission field, I, I, I really recommend listen to what Mark just said. I think those are three solid points. Um, they're, they're three points we've heard a lot, but I think it's it shines a new light when you're talking about the mission field. I think prayer you, you, we look at prayer differently when we're you know on the front lines. We we have to know the word of God to a you know to a greater extent when we're over there. Like we're, like we can't yeah. come with the empty bowl, and then serving. I think having that heart of service is something that we all truly lack. I think that's something that we can continue to grow. And like you said, even a door handler, I, I love the point that you made that, you know, it may not seem like we're doing much and maybe we're not doing much for others, but it's preparing our hearts for yeah. what's to come. Yeah, Because it's a very, I mean, for from what I've seen, I've only been on the two week mission trips. I went a couple of times, but from what I've seen and in, in, in my exposure, um, serving out in the field is a very humbling experience. And um, it's, it's something that I, will never take for granted, and I, I'll never regret, and I, I, I'm truly glad that God has allowed for me to experience that. So, yeah. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining me again today. Um, it was, a, again, a great episode. Uh, you know, first we shared your testimony before you became a Christian. And now we just really talked about the details of what a life of a missionary looks like. Uh, before we uh, end things, uh, would you like to, you know, where can people find you on the internet? Would you like to give your handle? So,
1: um, I have Instagram and like, once again, I want to make an opportunity. If you guys want to ask me any other questions, you guys have any questions, you want prayer, you want anything, you know, for me this year, God has said, pray, pray. And I've dedicated and I'm dedicating this year to prayer and fasting for myself and for other people as well. Um, so you can reach me on my Instagram, which is Mark Moldovan one, um, and you can find me on Instagram. And then I also have the link in my bio for my YouTube channel, which is, once again, Mark Moldovan. And you can uh, watch. I, I'm I'm posting videos up on there on the mission field, testimonies, other things, God, messages that God spoke to me as well recently. Um, so you can reach me out on there. So, yeah.
0: And if you'd like to reach this podcast, we are on Instagram. We are at the Potter's House. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can also reach us at our email, gmail.com. And uh, please like, subscribe, review uh, on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you can find podcasts. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next time, and we were, we will be looking forward to our next episode. Thank you, guys.